0: Alright, we've got a request to join from Wall's Rachel. Let's do it.
1: I realized what I was going through was a kundalini awakening. I mean, it, it, I'm still going through it. I'm still trying to understand it. And I was trying to understand, I've been clearing up my karma, my chakras, and one place that I'm stuck at is a lot of the, the energy gets stuck up into the head area. And it's almost as if your brain is moving. It's really bizarre. And you like even changes in eyesight. It's just alignment, trying to align that. So, something I was telling myself today was just slow that down. So, how do you push the crown chakra, Kundalini, down? And then another thing that I've been experiencing is heart palpitations quite mm-hmm. a bit. So I think that that is related to the heart chakra.
0: Does that resonate with you? Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, so thanks for hanging in there through our uh, technical difficulties. But Rachel, it's a really great question. And like I was saying, this is extremely common. It, it's probably the most common topic that people approach me with looking for support, which is there's so much energy up in the head. I don't know what to do. I'm experiencing all sorts of, what we'd call signs or symptoms so maybe there's quite little pressure in the skull pressure in the brain you described your brain feels like it's moving uh visual uh signs you know maybe we're seeing static we're seeing auras things are glowing it can feel kind of spiritual but it can also be a little confusing and alarming for some um, to see visual things can feel kind of out of our body can have issues sleeping This is what happens when a lot of that kundalini, the prana, the energy, the chi moves up into the higher chakras, and our nervous system isn't balanced. Now, as I was describing earlier, if the crown chakra isn't open, the energy can pool in the head without being able to flow out of the head and give us some relief. So it starts to pool up in the head, and we can get this like sort of head rush, lightheadedness type experience. Now you're asking, you know, how do we bring that energy down? So first of all, we want to understand that with Kundalini especially, we're not trying to forcefully manipulate, control, or dominate the energy. We're not trying to force it down. And conversely, just for the record, we're also not trying to draw it up to the head at some points as well. We want to work in cooperation with the energy in a collaborative way, okay? So what this means is, We have to bring some of our attention because where attention goes, energy flows. Maybe you've heard this sort of cliche thing. It's very true. So you want to bring our attention into the body. Maybe that's focusing on our breathing in the lower belly. Maybe it's focusing on our feet on the ground. If you want a great meditation, walk barefoot. Your Your feet are very sensitive like the palms of your hands. Feel all the sensations, the temperatures. That'll bring attention to the feet. Energy will flow into the feet, grounding the energy. This is what grounding means. When we say we're ungrounded, we're like a bobblehead all all over the place. Thoughts are loopy, insomnia, etc. we to ground the energy, feel balanced. So bringing attention to the senses, which are in the body, feeling. You can can use sensory experiences like um, just touch. Uh, Maybe you can sleep with a weighted blanket. Um, Movement. Movement is huge, huge. So in all traditions, there's a lot of meditation but they also combine it with movement. In yoga, they do body movements, but then they sit still in meditation. So when they sit still in meditation, the energy rises, kundalini rises to the, to the head, you could say. But then they combine it with movement to balance that energy out across the body, right? In Zen, they just sit in meditation, just sitting still in meditation, allowing that energy to rise on its own. But then it's a secret hidden sort of theme in Zen, which isn't apparent at face value, but in Zen, you're required to do a lot of work around the, the, the center there, right? You've got to cook, you've got to clean, you got to chop wood, you got to carry water. You're moving the body, you're getting grounded in the body and so that energy doesn't pool up in the head. So that's my advice for you is to just practice bringing attention to your body. Watch your diet as well. If you like to fast, get some food in your belly. Um, if you don't eat meat, I recommend it if it feels right for you. Don't feel like it's a problem to eat meat. Um, I eat meats. Buddha ate meat, a lot of great spiritual masters eat meat. So it doesn't, you know, have to be the end of your spirituality if you start to eat meat. In fact, I think for some people it's necessary for their safety because what you're describing can sometimes lead to some, you know, mental health issues if, if it goes on for too long, for too intense. Um, I'll leave it at that for now. I'm I'm not even trying to do this live to plug uh, my products and whatnot, but I'm working on a course. Uh, it, it will come with the price tag, but I'm working on a course that's going to go really deep into all of this. It's going to talk about all the signs symptoms causes and the techniques to ground and find balance um, it's, it'll be out in a little bit you can look forward to that but like i said this is very common but but the solutions are, are pretty simple straightforward and safe walk barefoot exercise move your body eat well and you'll be good to go crazy Gomes is saying i usually do a mantra meditation as my main practice and i always experience kriyas but nothing flashy Sometimes my body just swirls around my and my arms just wobble around. I can't seem to be still. Interesting stuff, crazy gomes, but not uncommon at all to have spontaneous movements and kriyas begin to arise in meditation. Um, you're saying I can't seem to be still. Um, I know you're not asking a question here, but I'm going to assume that maybe you're feeling like you have to be still. I would argue no, no. Uh, consider it a movement meditation, a spontaneous, organic flowing movement meditation and let the movements come they're they're transformative they're powerful they're healing they will clear things around and eventually you might find stillness but if your body wants to move trust it trust in the intelligence of the body it knows a lot more than we do i would argue i don't know how to digest food i don't know how to grow hair my body knows how to do it um i mean i'm going bald but it used to know how to do it uh, <laughs> So there's a lot that the body knows that we don't know. Uh, we can trust it, trust it to, to do the kriyas and, and it'll all work out. And that's a universal experience. Many of us will experience those spontaneous movements. So for those just joining, welcome to the Kundalini Q&A and discussion. If you have any questions about your Kundalini process, you can type it in the chat. If you got anything to share about your Kundalini awakening, we can, we can share, we can just we can dis- get a discussion going, have some conversation
1: hey how's
2: it going bro
0: hey jekino it's going good how are you all
2: right you hearing me loud and clear
0: yes sir
2: sorry it might be some noise in the background
0: um
2: that's okay uh yeah so actually it's interesting it's sort of on that topic of removing obstacles um i'm just curious so like it seems to me like realization might have I might be putting this you know in two strict of boxes but it might realization might have like it's kind of two sides to it one being more like the emotional side maybe one could say like the offloading of karmas um and then the other side is more like a perceptual side right so like you know dualistic perception versus non-dualistic you know filters that we create over time and You know, obviously, I don't think those are two distinct things. They probably, you know, leak into each other. Um, My question about the Kundalini, it's very clear so far that the Kundalini is clearing up, it's addressing that first side, right? The perceptual side, though, do you think that, it, you know, we require, are there dedicated practices that we should be supplementing the natural process with? Or is it safe to say that, you know, just surrendering will ultimately bring the perceptual shifts that often come with non-dual realization.
0: Right. Right. So if we look at the basic model, where kundalini rises from the root chakra up to the top of the head. Now I say basic model because that's somewhat of an oversimplification of the process. For many, it can happen sort of Top down and this and that, but if we just look at it just from the basic model here, Kundalini rises from the root up to the top of the head. So, as it moves through each chakra in a sort of uh, upward movement, first the root gets kind of sorted out, the uh, animalistic, primal, survivalist urges are kind of uh, taken care of, things like fear, that sort of thing. It's kind of handled. We're not animals, you know. Most of us, for the most part, generalization here. But, you know, we have food. We have shelter. So, we don't need to have worry so much about this root chakra fear. Now, we can move over to, okay, now, I've got shelter. I've got food. I'm of age to reproduce. That becomes the next theme, right? So, we want to maybe have, like, a, a sexual partner and, and have babies. That sort of thing comes comes online as well. So, so then the Kundalini moves up through there. And it realizes, okay, we don't necessarily need to reproduce as, like, animals need to reproduce. We have a higher purpose as well. As well. Not to dismiss... Reproduction is important. It's beautiful. But as well, we can also have spiritual growth. So the kundalini continues to rise higher and higher. Now, we can't have like a full non-dual shift in perception until the other lower chakras and themes are addressed. So the heart should be open. The throat is open. We, We want to have an open heart before our throat opens. Because if our throat opens before our heart opens, we might become... Super charismatic and talk a lot of BS or become very, um, you know, using our words to control people, like you know, maybe a politician or a dictator or something, for example. So we have an open heart, then the throat opens and it's more appropriate. Third eye opens. Now our heart is open. We can use the intuition maybe to, to have some abilities and whatnot. And then finally, crown opens. We can have that major shift in perception where we realize we're one with God. God is all there is. There's an ongoing feeling of oneness and we. Actually, I like to argue that then we return back to the heart center where we have those you know three chakras above open, three chakras below open, balanced. We're grounded human beings. We can still take care of our responsibilities that are required of the root chakra. We can still have a sacred sexual relationship, have have babies, be on our purpose, like be expressive. But we're balanced. But there's like this oneness that kind of persists as a result of you know the awakening of the crown. So in the basic model, the, the Kundalini works in a sort of strategic, systematic way, we experience oneness when the rest of our body is ready to really recognize that. Now, for some people, it doesn't happen in that order. It didn't happen in that order for me. I had the crown blasted open. Suddenly, I'm realizing oneness everywhere, and but the rest of my body was not. <laughs> I was lagging behind very much. There was a lot of pain in my body. So what I subconsciously did, not knowing what I was doing, really, but I would just escape. Crown track was open, I could leave my body and just completely dissociate. And it was freeing and liberating for a time. But eventually, you know, I wasn't able to take care of my livelihood. I wanted relationships. I was, you know, getting triggered. And then eventually I had to be called back into the body. And Kundalini began to work then from the root up to kind of balance me out. And that work is still ongoing. But yes, there is a purification component, but eventually it'll lead to this shift in perception that you'll be then ready to really. Uh, embody uh, without um, having like lagging parts of your body holding you back. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, totally. I'm curious. It sounds like uh, is the Kundalini process more is it more towards like stability of non-dual realization or does it actually Culminate in the realization itself because it seems like so. You had you realize non-duality, and then it might not have been as stable as you know. Have you had a bottom-up, you know, root-up um, process? Am I getting that right, or did so like because I also you know hear of of uh, there's certain practices you can do, for example, like the visual field to kind of encourage that sort of collapse of the subject object I'm wondering if, right. if like you know are those enough for excuse me like that's enough to trigger a, an insight but maybe not stabilize it
0: right right got it okay. okay so I think within the context of your question if you have a bottom-up awakening then it will lead in the culmination of of non-dual realization and when it happens for the most part it will automatically stabilize because the rest of your body is is able to hold it because the rest of the body has been uh you know acclimated to that energy as the kundalini move through the chakras if you happen to have like a a top-down awakening then it is um then you can consider it to be the stabilization of it as the kundalini moves to the rest of the body does that make sense so so in either case it's either you're going to prepare your body first and then have the realization or you're going to have the realization f- that first and then go through a, a, an integration process where you're going to have to then your body will be prepared or or not prepared but like you get what i mean like adjusted to the to the realization. So you're describing the meditations where people kind of uh, you know use the visual field and try to collapse subject and object to realize that you know everything is oneness, you could say. And if those practices feel natural and organic to you and not like a forced thing you're trying to do it feels almost intuitive and it feels right go for it but if you feel like well i've got to have the non-dual realization like other people have had i'm lagging behind my kundalini is only at my third eye or my throat i gotta get it going i gotta push it i gotta try and collapse subject and object and experiencing non-duality i would say don't because you could get that realization prematurely And the fact of the matter is a lot of people don't even know what they're experiencing so they can't describe it to you but me having gone through it and also being in touch with many people like a lot of people like they just become ungrounded they they start getting into spiritual bypassing being like you know we're all one what's the point of any of this or we're all one you know I can hurt you you can hurt me I'll just accept it because it's oneness but no we want to have the rest of the body kind of up to speed and then have the realization and then that's probably the most stable way to go about this but of course you know people go through different awakenings for all different kinds of reasons and we got to deal with it as they come but if you're sort of feeling like you get to choose how it unfolds for you i would say take it slow non-duality is cool but it's even i mean it's the, the coolest thing is when the rest of your body's caught up to it does that sound good Oh, you're so welcome thank you really really great uh great questions i I appreciate your clarity not easy to express that stuff so thank you thank you first let me say a quick hello to everybody that's here judy welcome with reason thanks for sticking around quincy martin angela welcome welcome hey angela angela and i had a great uh conversation on the youtube channel check it out she's incredible okay so Martin here is saying, thoughts on Kundalini and career choice and making a living. Uh, it's a very common issue that a lot of people have as well. You know, I've had a Kundalini awakening, my whole life has changed. You know, I've got to, you know, find a different purpose or career and 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 uh, make a living. You know, maybe we were first operating uh, trying to make a living from a state of fear, chasing things in the in, in the future, fulfillment, money, etc. Kundalini comes and makes us realize, you know, we can be fulfilled in the moment, there's nothing to fear. We don't need other people's validation. Maybe it's our parents or community or partners, friends, whatever, trying to like put pressure on us. That kind of falls away and we say, you know, I don't really have those motivations anymore. Um, So people think, you know, what do I do now? How do I, uh, how do I support myself? What do I do? What do I make of myself? I would say um, in short, don't think that you need to get into like an overtly spiritual role for some of us totally. And it'll feel right. It'll make sense for the most part. There'll still be some resistance and things to overcome uh even if you get into a spiritual role but in general see if you can find the spirituality in every role see if you can look at other people doing their work whether it's like a construction worker whether it's like a person just selling things or whatever it is and see if you can find how spiritual their job is and see if you can drop the judgments and we drop the judgments a lot more opportunities and doors will start to open up for you and you'll be able to find the right spiritual calling for you with your spiritual purpose. And it can very well be, like I said, you know, doing construction, but being fully present with it. And, you know, being fully uh, in a meditative state and giving your gifts, maybe it's I mean, just going off my example, you're just riffing off the top here. Maybe you're working construction, a lot of men in there. Men don't really open up about their feelings. A lot of men have mental health issues um, in the trades. And maybe you kind of weasel your way in there and you're like this undercover, spiritually awakened, kundalini awakened, um, you know, low-key kind of healer, just transmitting that loving energy, transmitting openness, supporting other people uh, in the trades. Just an example, okay? I just want to open people's minds here to see that you don't need to be like a guy like me, like talking on Instagram about Kundalini. It's uh, it's not all it's cracked up to be. It's 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 weird, and um, all jobs can be very spiritual. Just just keep it uh, simple and straightforward. Uh, okay, Jaykin says I mentioned this recently. I wake up in a big BJJ. LOL. Days of energy and see a massive psychedelic kaleidoscope vista. Sometimes I see video like images of war and calamities trying to understand what. Okay, sorry, I don't understand what you mean by big BJJ LOL, but that's okay. That's okay. I get the vibe of what you're saying here, which is you're experiencing some sort of visual phenomena. You said a psychedelic kaleidoscopic vista very descriptive and yeah so so i've experienced similar things as well um when you get like we were describing earlier in the conversation today when you get a lot of energy up in the head third eye can get very activated and at times you can start to get a lot of visual uh, content starting to arise Uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be clear visions of you know like a guru or a master or uh, some sort of spiritual mystical visionary experience it can just be like a psychedelic um you know kaleidoscopic type thing and i've experienced very similar things take it as a sign that yes this is a real process you're actually going through a real kundalini awakening that's one reason that this happens to us just to show us you know like hey something real is happening here's a perception that something significant is happening um as opposed to just relying on vague stuff you're actually getting a clear visual of something is happening you're being transformed um as well take it as a sign that yeah there's a lot going on up in the upper chakras see what you can do to ground yourself balance the energy integrate maybe spend some time in movement um and note that typically now this is nuanced so pay attention here um if if you're not familiar with what it means to be ungrounded if you're getting visual stuff going on in in the in the third eye area when you close your eyes or whatever that's a sign that you're not grounded. So you need to pay attention to how you're behaving or acting or how you're feeling or thinking in the in the rest of your life. Maybe you're acting ungrounded in the rest of your life and you haven't really clued in. Maybe you're like, you know, talking a lot about spiritual things in an incoherent way and you don't even realize it because you're so in it because you don't even realize you're ungrounded. Or maybe you can't get your work done and you're wondering, you know, why do I feel restless? I can't really commit to a job or project or reading a chapter in a book like I used to. Then when you go to sleep at night, you start to see the psychedelic, kaleidoscopic things and you realize, maybe I'm ungrounded, actually. Maybe that's why I'm, you know, people are like kind of pulling away from me because I'm talking too much about spiritual stuff or maybe that's why I'm, uh, I kind of, you know, racked up a lot of money on my credit card bill this month or maybe that's why I can't really focus. I'm ungrounded. Okay, I got to ground myself. I got to go walk in nature. I got to go move. I got to go get into my body. I got to go eat well, right? I got to stop meditating so intensely on the third eye, for example. Now, Judy, I'm speaking in general here. I, I don't mean to, to pick on you specifically. I'm speaking in general because, like I said, this is such a common, common thing is to get so much energy up in the head. Um, so people out there, I hope, I hope uh, you know, I'm speaking to somebody out there. Um, I don't mean to be too direct, but, but that's what it is. And, and, you know, when we're ungrounded, we need somebody to say, hey, take it easy slow down get grounded move your body etc also you're saying sometimes you see video like images of war and calamities trying to understand you know what that's about so some of this stuff that we're clearing during kundalini awakening process can be personal it can be things from our childhood things from our past personal things but some of it can be raw and universal it's collective stuff we all carry collective wounds of war uh, you know all of these like global calamities and and natural disasters and fear and rage and sadness so some things might come up that don't feel personal know that they're collective the things that you just carry just by that you inherited or that you're picking up from the collective and you're healing it a little bit for the collective healing it also from yourself so for example somebody who's been safe their entire life right never had a real traumatic experience in their life you could say still they carry fear of that that isn't from trauma it's not from uh you know some sort of conditioning that they were faced with it's collective it's just stuff that we carry in general as human beings excuse me it's universal and so those things arise let them arise and let them be released and know that you're not just healing things for yourself you're healing things for the collective as well welcome welcome harvin ibu welcome starry night welcome martin says embodiment of realization is important yes I would argue that embodiment is realization. Walls Rachel says, thoughts on automatic writing? Yeah, automatic writing is a type of channeling, you could say, in which you sit down, you begin to write, and suddenly words start flowing. Great book, uh, books. Neil Donald Walsh's uh, Conversations with God, he describes that as an auto- automatic writing experience. If you read those books, I haven't read a little bit, but you can tell, you know, they're coming from somewhere beyond uh, it's intuitive. It's, it's a form of channeling. It's not the only way that people channel. Some people channel when they're speaking. Um, Abraham Hicks channels when she's speaking or Esther Hicks. Um, automatic writing, yeah. If, if things are coming through, write it out. Write it out. Um, if you're ungrounded and you got a lot going on up in the head, I would say before you publish that, give it a little bit of time. Check it out in, in a week later. See if it makes sense. See if it's really meaningful. And then if you want to share it with others, go ahead. But sometimes people can get into like these states where they're channeling or they're like really letting a lot of energy come through and it's coming really fast and it can be a little ungrounded incoherent and things like that so we want to just be mindful that if they're sharing something it's coming from a grounded place but automatic writings it's a gift it's definitely a gift okay so angela here is asking thoughts on continued existences with shiva does that continue to occur I think experiences of encounters with deities for some they can be like one-off and so powerful and significant that it's almost like enough continued experiences of Shiva yeah. so I think like some people they may have a one-off encounter, a one-off Darshan with like a great deity like Shiva or Ganesh and those encounters can be so powerful and significant that um you know they'll they'll stay with you and you don't necessarily need to have continued uh encounters um you can almost feel the energy of shiva just by thinking of shiva now that you had maybe an encounter where you kind of felt what it was like but some people can maybe have regular encounters regular uh ongoing sort of darshan experiences with the same uh, same guides uh, same ascended masters deities etc um I had an interesting experience with Shiva a few years ago. I was, it was in a dream. Actually, it was one of those like very mystical, uh, visionary type dreams. So I was in a dream in this, like sort of floating, like yoga space, yoga studios type space. And this female yoga teacher, she said, all right, we're gonna get ready for the transmission or something like that. And then suddenly, in the middle of the room, and it was this round room, and in the middle of the room, this this head of Shiva, it was like a statue, just arose out of the the center of the room, and it was like supercharged. And when I looked at it, oh, I got like this huge transmission of, of of Shakti, you know, it was like a Shakti pot experience. Um, I don't know exactly what it was about. It was obviously you know a significant moment for me on my path. Um, you know, we know Shiva's he's up at the crown you could say it's that that non-dual absolute type uh, energy of Shiva the masculine energy and that was my my encounter with Shiva but since then you know I I can tune into that experience and that energy and kind of feel it out and there's a bit of a relationship with Shiva in this way you know when I hear chanting and Om Namah Shivaya sometimes I I love Krishna Das's uh track Om Namah Shivaya his his uh, iteration is just just really powerful um, and so that's my experience with Shiva. Maybe, maybe I'll have another, maybe maybe I won't. But, but um, I don't know if continued experiences are necessary, but for some it may occur. I think some great devotees of Shiva might, might have ongoing experiences. I think you can also invoke these deities through um, mantras, through thoughts, through devotion to them, to thinking about them, looking at an image of them, tuning into their energy, if uh, you're familiar with it. Hope that makes sense, Angela. I know you've had uh, some interesting encounters with, with a lot of different deities. Not everybody gets uh, such a rich array of experiences like you have. Like I was saying, Angela's, Angela and I have a, uh, a podcast uh, in which I interviewed her about her journey and, and she shares really humbly and really, really a beautiful journey. Check it out. Rachel here asks, how to calm spasms in face, hands, or other areas in the body? i would say before we think about calming the spasms let's look at what they're about so the spasms to me the kriyas they're called kriyas in sanskrit and in yoga terms they're the spontaneous movements that involve releasing tension trauma things that we've carrying conditioning karma etc so you you mentioned the hands here so you can do a quick example here you know you can make a fist Right? Maybe you're angry, maybe you're feeling aggressive, you're feeling defensive, you make a fist. Some people walk around like this. It's like a regular thing for them. They walk around with fists. When you release it, you can feel that even though you've released it, you still feel a bit of tension in your hand. Right? You still feel that tension in your hand. And it'll take a few minutes to dissipate. Now, what happens if you're walking around like that for years? Every day, maybe 20 minutes a day, that's, that's how you are. For years, it builds up. So now the kundalini is going to start these spasms, these kriyas, to release that tension that we've been holding on to for so long. It's going to just be jerk our hands, maybe in the face, maybe you've clenched your jaw, maybe you've held back in motion. You put on a smile even though you really wanted to frown. All of that gets stored in the muscles. It gets stored in the fascias, it gets stored in... in the energetic body the chakras all of that you can talk about in all different ways it gets stored there so the kriyas the spasms that you're describing are releases of the pent-up things that we've been holding it's a release so it's not that we need to calm them or still them or stop them we need to give space for them to do what they're doing and enjoy the benefits that they bring to us so what i invite you to do is create a time and space it throughout your through your day maybe it's before bed where you say okay I'm going through kundalini awakening. I need to allocate some time for this energy to move through me and do what it needs to do to purify me. If it's going to spasm my face, spasm my hands, my back, my legs, let it happen. I'm safe. It's a cleansing process. I love and I use this example, you know, on many, many times and people might be sick of it, but I love it. It's perfect. When you see a dog and they get roughed up, what do they do after? They shake it off and they go back to being calm and relaxed. We never learned how to shake it off in the moment. We learned how to bottle it up, suppress it, avoid it, ignore it. Now Kundalini awakens in us and Kundalini says, no more of that. We're shaking it off now. And it starts to happen and that's what Kriyas are. Not a problem, okay? You will see, the more that this stuff happens, the lighter you will feel, the looser you will feel. Emotionally, suddenly you'll make shifts, you'll feel more confident All of that stuff, all of the gifts start to come online if you allow this process to purify you. I'm happy to hear that makes sense, Rachel. Thanks so much. Great question. So I know this live was uh, a little impromptu. I only announced it a few hours before. Um, My plan in the future is to begin to announce them maybe a week in advance or whatnot and go live on youtube as well eventually we'll start doing some some zoom meetings and things if people want to get a little bit more uh intimate in community and 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 chat and see how things go we'll ramp it up slowly rachel's asking what mantra what are the mantras that you recommend there's a bunch um they don't necessarily have to come from yoga and Hinduism and that sort of thing. Um, if you like yoga, I love Krishna Das. Um, his, music, the mu- he, his music, the lyrics are mantras, you could say, chanting. But you could also say the chants yourself. Om, just Om by itself. Very, very powerful. Om. Had some significant shifts in my journey just by chanting om very, very powerful. Um, you can become acquainted with some of the uh, the deities of Hinduism if you like. If you're called to in that direction, you know, uh Ganesha, we can invoke Ganesh with Om Gam Ganapate Namaha. Kind of invoke that energy, that clearing energy of Ganesh. Doesn't resonate with everybody. Um, but if it feels right for you. You know, you can look up on YouTube as well, uh, healing mantras, things like that. I think um, part of the uh, the fun of, of mantra exploration is also learning and exploring about them yourself. Not that I, I don't want to be too dismissive of your question here, but like the devotional aspect of this journey is something from the heart and it should be kind of cultivated organically. And it's kind of a journey and a relationship that you develop with God the divine the universe in your own way and so if somebody comes and tells you like listen to these mantras do these chanting it's kind of like somebody's forcing you into like telling you how to be in love with somebody you kind of have to figure it out on your own in your own way and so that's why i'm kind of i I don't want to like be too um i don't want to share too much but like i love krishna das um, um let me see here. We've, it's a great uh, group called Shantala. I love Jayutal. Some some really powerful uh, musicians that use chanting and mantras as part of their practice. And there's also hymns, devotional hymns from uh, church those can be very powerful as well. It's just celebrating a heart-centered relationship with God. Megan says, your information is so helpful. I want to schedule a one-on-one as I'm currently going through this. Great, great. Uh, we can totally meet for a one-on-one, Megal. I'm Megal. <laughs> Megan Fogel. Megan, I'm happy to uh, to meet with you. But I'm here now, and if you have a, a question and, and it's... Uh, it's pertinent for you right now please ask away and maybe the response will help other people in the chat as well we've got six people in the chat and uh, this will also go live Uh, sorry not live but the recording will go up as well on uh, YouTube on my podcast so others might get a benefit out of response if you have a question maybe you don't have any questions that's cool too maybe you want to meet for a one-on-one just to relate and share totally cool as well no pressure I'm happy my information is helpful a lot of it that i'm sharing is things that uh, i learned along the way uh things that i wished somebody would have told me uh in the way that i kind of wish they would have told me you know that's why i try at least to be clear speak like english or if i use excuse me terms from a different language i try to make it make sense to an english speaker who has no relationship with with the east um so i'm happy to hear that it's helpful for you all right so megan saying i woke at 3 a.m to feel energy spinning in my lower chakras to feel energy spinning in my lower chakras sometimes vibrating before continuing to spin and moving up yes very very common very common experience and megan says here i'm completely new to this so needless to say it has been an experience yes well here's here's the thing megan Even if you weren't new to this, say you were like a yoga teacher and you had learned about these things, before you started to experience it, it would still be (laughs) mind-blowing. That's what I've found. People can be aware of this stuff, like they read about it, maybe they have a friend who's been through it, they watch videos, they talked about it with other people, and still when you experience it, you're like, holy, this is powerful incredible scary confusing i did not know it would be so visceral but yes there is the bright side about all this is that there is some great information online not just me i'm i'm one of many people that have gone through this and are talking about it um and so being lost uh uh it doesn't have you don't have to be too lost for too long now that at least you're in the right you know sphere you know what the word is kundalini spiritual awakening you'll be well on your way nothing to worry about rachel says can you go into more detail of shiva please yeah so shiva is a hindu deity a deity of yoga you could say i some consider him to be the first yogi the adi yogi shiva is the energy of consciousness of awareness of stillness is the masculine the foundation upon which the phenomena of the world dances? The dynamic phenomena of the world dances upon Shiva, which is the foundation. Um. There's many different ways of interpreting it. Shiva also has another form, which is Shiva the dancer. I've got a brass Shiva statue here. This is Shiva nataraja the dancer i am not astute enough to interpret the meaning uh, exactly of that so i will refrain but you can look online to find out more about nataraja but um shiva shiva within the body we say that shiva is up at the crown so kundalini shakti which is the feminine shakti rises through the spinal column, through what we would call the Sushamna Nadi in the central column, eventually unites with Shiva at the crown, the feminine unites with masculine, yin unites with yang and that brings about a state of oneness between the stillness of Shiva and the dynamism, the dynamic expression of Shakti that's non-duality, that's the pinnacle of spiritual awakening it's more nuanced than that but in general, that is the overall journey. Shakti rises from the root up to the crown to unite with her her consort, her counterpart, Shiva. It's interesting that there's many, many statues of Shiva, but for some reason, there's so few, so, so few depictions of Shakti. Uh, there is some other depictions of Shakti as Kali, as Durga, as Lakshmi. Rachel says why do i feel burning in the spine from the base moving upwards yes that burning is the rising of kundalini some might say that it is an inner fire an inner heat in buddhism they don't talk about kundalini but they talk about an inner fire called dumo the tibetan buddhists call dumo that's their way of describing kundalini they describe it as heat because it is at times hot and you know fire purifies it cleanses it burns up and so once it's like a fever but it's an energetic fever it's a it's an emotional fever it's a spiritual fever coming online to burn up the things that are you know holding us back from embodying our fullest potential uh and so that's why there's heat now for some it can be overwhelming it can be like debilitating um, I think Jiddu Krishnamurti is like a celebrated, uh, figure, uh, you know, from India, I think India or Britain, anyway, spiritual, um, you know, guy went through Kundalini waking, pretty well known. I think he used to have a lot of heat and I, I think he used to try and like jump in the river to cool it down, but nothing would cool it down because it's not actually a temperature. It's like energetic, uh, inside your body. Um make friends with it. make friends with it. And maybe it'll come to a point where it's not so overwhelming. but if you resist it, well, you're resisting what it's trying to do, you're, it's trying to purify you. And so if you resist it for too long, for too too much, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna become something that you've gotta gotta try and deal with and make and it might get difficult. So make friends with it, thank it. like a fever, uncomfortable, but you thank a fever. Thank you, Fever, for burning up the sickness. I appreciate you. You're uncomfortable. I don't like you, but I understand you're here to help me. Thank you. Megan says I danced and it helped. Yes. Yes. Just like I showed uh, the statue there Shiva Nataraja, the dancer. Dancing. Dancing is like yoga poses and asanas and stretching, it's to move, to release, it's emotional. It's grounding, it gets us in our body, it's so powerful. I am not uh, much of a dancer, but a very valid valid expression for sure. I don't think you wanna see me dance. Rachel, thanks so much for keeping this conversation going with your great questions here. So Rachel says, I've been having really strange dreams too, please expand. So I've gotta talk on my, on my channel, my podcast, YouTube about Kundalini and dreams. Put simply, this process is 24-7, and so, of course, the dreams are going to be involved. Dreams are a safe place for us to live out things that would be a little challenging or messy to live out in the waking life. Uh, They can be healing, educational, in terms of, like, you receive a teaching, a transmission, a lesson. Um, Healing, because you can experience incredible emotions that you maybe wouldn't be able to experience in the waking life. Um, in dreams you can live out your repressed anger and get mad and yell and scream and break things and, and maybe even get violent and it's okay because it's a dream you can wake up healed because you release some of that um, it's also a great place to have uh, you know mystical visionary experiences as well uh, check out my talk on my youtube channel kundalini and dreams I think it will speak to you um, yeah I love I love going to sleep and dreaming because like, dreams get really exciting Beck for core says Anything you can speak on to physically feeling the energy in chakra centers. Anything you can speak to on physically feeling the energy in chakra centers. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So in the most broadest sense, if you feel energy in your chakras, that's a clear, visceral, experiential, sensual sign that yes, you are in the midst of a very real, valid, genuine spiritual transformation. It's not just something in your head. You're not just talking yourself into it. You're feeling it. And maybe it's very intense. Allow the energy to be there. Know that it's moving through your chakras. It's activating things. It's opening things up. It's balancing them. It's clearing them. It's healing them. It's, it's tapping into your innate gifts that exist within the chakras as well. So maybe solar plexus. There's great willpower to stay committed to your spiritual process, to your projects. Maybe you're sick to stay committed to getting through and healing. Gifts come online. Maybe it's an open heart. There's gifts there, the gifts of feeling, gifts of being, having empathy, unconditional love. Um, great devotion comes online in the heart as well. So you can feel the energy moving through these energy centers, the chakra centers. You don't need to manipulate the energy. You don't need to do any like crazy Reiki things or like, you know, trying to draw the energy up here or there or spin it this way, spin it that way in the chakras. Know that the the energy that you feel is intelligent. It knows what it's doing. It is the spiritual components of the intelligence of your body. So we have the biological components of our body, which knows how to digest food. It knows how to put us through puberty. It knows how to... Um, if, you're, if you're, you are you're get pregnant, it knows how to develop a baby. It also knows how to transform you on a spiritual level as well. So we don't need to manipulate the energy. We can tune in, we can feel it. And we can just take a very passive, laissez-faire approach, hands-off approach. That is what I like to teach as opposed to getting into manipulating the energy and trying to get it to do this or that. Um, the reason for that is because... It's like trying to get too involved in 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 digesting our food, or too involved in puberty. You know, just let it happen on its own, and that's the healthiest, safest way. Your body knows what to do. You don't need to you don't need to control it or force it. Hope that makes sense. Quincy saying, any idea what to do about the chronic fatigue? Right, chronic fatigue. Chronic fatigue is a tough one because uh, you know it doesn't really look like. You're sick. It doesn't look like you're suffering to the outside. You know, it's everybody's tired. Everybody gets tired. What's the big deal? But when you have it, it, it really sucks. Chronic fatigue, it really sucks. So first, I typically like to say, you know, if you're dealing with, of course, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a guy on the internet. But if you're dealing with physical symptoms, difficulty, illness, things like this, like chronic fatigue, for example, I would begin with the mundane questions before turning to spiritual stuff so what's your diet like what's your exercise like what's your sleep like etc okay if there was some a quote-unquote normal person that wasn't going through kundalini awakening and they have chronic fatigue what would they do do that first if you kind of get your stuff sort of sorted on those fronts you start eating better you maybe start doing better exercise whatever then you can say all right This has got something to do with kundalini specifically that we can look at a little bit. And we can, we can talk about about it right now. So for me, chronic fatigue basically forced me into a state of retreat, into solitude, into space, into inactivity so that this energy can move through me and, and cleanse me and purify me and do what it has to do. If I had all the energy in the world, I would have been out and about doing projects, making art, making whatever, hanging out with friends, doing extreme sports. All this kind of stuff and i wouldn't have had any time to focus on my spiritual awakening journey my kundalini process okay so chronic fatigue came to me and said brent you need to rest stay in bed rest relax now with that came a lot of guilt a lot of shame i'm lazy i'm not doing what i should be doing i should be out making money i'm young i got to get my career together i got to go out and you know give my gifts to the world and, and there was a lot of guilt and shame and i kept hearing I kept saying to to God to the universe I'm not I'm not I don't want to be lazy I'm I'm ready to do work and get out in the world why am I so tired and Kundalini Shakti the energy of the universe or said Brent now you must rest soon you'll be called into the world and you will have a lot on your plate didn't really believe it but I said okay fine I'll I'll put my faith in that idea i committed to the process the healing process eventually as i started to get more energy i started to get more things going on in my life and and you know things got to pick up chronic fatigue sometimes just like an injury just like an illness forces us into a state of retreat uh because maybe we're go 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 type people especially in the west it's difficult to get us to sit still we are you know sometimes constantly needing to get things done very you know much on the go we're, we're in competition with other people we want to prove to other people we have fear of missing out you know and so kundalini comes and says no, nope, you have to go into solitude and space and just lay down and rest and that's how it forces us to go through those experiences for some this is nuanced it might not be a universal answer to everybody that is experiencing chronic fatigue But that's a bit about my experience i hope that is helpful for you welcome american mystic welcome welcome american mystic your question about kundalini and warriors is going live in a couple days uh on youtube on the podcast great question you can look forward to that Um, If you got any questions uh, for us today, uh, you can share in the chat. If you got anything to share as well, maybe not necessarily a question, you can share in the chat. We'll discuss. Also, if anybody wants to jump on a a video call dual thingy here with me, uh, we can do that too. Um, Rachel says, Can Kundalini Awakening assist the body to heal itself? Yes, yes. Some would argue that that is what Kundalini Awakening is doing. Now, healing itself, on an emotional level, can it heal it? the The system on, uh, in terms of illness, on occasion, yes. Mm. But if we look, just zoom out and look in the most broadest sense, we have great masters. Um, Ramana Maharshi, one of the greatest saints of the modern era. Full Kundalini awakening, you know cream of the crop. He had cancer. So yes, Kundalini can heal. You know when people experience miraculous healing. Uh I, I hear it about on a regular basis that people, you know, talk to me and say, you know, they either healed a person themselves an animal, like you know, their dog or something, and but on the other hand, some people they uh, you know experience sickness and, and healing uh, in a miraculous way is not in the cards for them. But that's nothing uh, you know to lose hope about if we're sick. For example, there's a great book about healing using energy and, and this ener this this energy of kundalini you could say, but uh, she speaks about it, I think in a more broad terms. It's called uh, Hands of Light by Barbara Brennan. She was, or is, a, actually she was, I think, a physicist working for NASA, so very scientific, smart, credible person, Uh, then I believe she became a psychotherapist, and an energy healer, and she's put together a book that is very scientifically sound, and very clear in the way that she describes using our hands, uh, or using our intuitive abilities to be healers, and to tap into those skills. And um, I I think uh, if you're interested in in using energy healing and Kundalini and energy and healing and this sort of topic, you can check out the book, Hands of Lights. I think it'll, uh, it'll speak to you. American Mystic says, what do you think about Kundalini's relationship to metabolism? Okay. So I think it can totally change us on every level psychological, emotional, intellectual, spiritual. Of course, our our biology will change a little bit as well, or maybe a lot. Metabolism, um, things can get sped up. Um, Some describe that the kundalini uses the life force from food to support its process. So that's why we might want to consider eating sattvic foods or high vibrate high vibrational foods to fuel the kundalini and so it can kind of you know uh metabolize these uh these foods and use it to fuel and support the awakening i don't know too much about it um and so i can't speak too much about it i'm not too familiar with things like ayurveda of course ayurveda of course i'm not a nutritionist doctor um, naturopath etc etc um i tend to turn towards a more intuitive way of eating. So we tune in and we say, okay, my body knows what it needs. I'm listening. What feels right? Maybe you have an imagine, if you imagine, hmm, if I'm eating a, you know, a salad, it feels pretty good in my mind. All right, maybe that's the right thing for me to do. Uh, maybe a, a steak, not for me right now, or maybe, yeah, steak feels like the right thing for me to eat right now. Salad, not so much, or maybe a bit, or you can kind of feel it out and imagine what it would feel like to to eat something before actually eating it, and that's a way you can kind of tune into to what your body's asking for. Um, it's kind of weird, but one night uh, I I had an experience, and I just felt like I need to go and eat a carrot, and I quite literally just went to my fridge like the middle of the night. I just grabbed like a big carrot and just started eating it. I don't even know if you can eat raw carrots. um, Like if it's healthy or not, I don't know, but it was like a strong impulse to go and eat a carrot. And I ate like the whole thing and I hate carrots, let alone raw carrots. But anyway, um, you know, sometimes these things come. Jewish account here says Bhagavad Gita says to eat refreshing light foods and not spicy heavy foods. Right, right. So I think that falls under the sattvic diet. So, uh, Excuse me. Vegetarian, uh, no, uh, uh, yeah, no peppers, no garlic, no onions as well. But this is not my prescription. Uh, I like I said, I don't know much about diet. I am I'm, I'm more of a of an intuitive eater, and I try to support other people to f- tap into their intuition as well. Because what I found is that uh, one, there is no one size perfect diet for everybody. Um, pff, some of us need meat some of us actually need meat, or we will become ungrounded and and go off the deep end. Um, so this is just my experience. Listen to your body, listen to your body. Rach says, this is a little weird, but animals are more drawn to me and children who need unconditional love, attention are attracted to my energy. Please expand. Well, uh, it makes perfect sense, right? Your energy your vibration, your energy. So everything is energy and vibration, right? Everything is energy vibrating. Our spiritual awakening journey, to some degree, you can say it is increasing our vibration by letting go of resistance. So resistance is negative thoughts, fears, trauma, little physical resistance in our body, tension, tightness. When we loosen all these things up and we release and heal negativity, the resistance is released. And without resistance, our energy frequency can rise on its own. And so, as our frequency rises, it's attractive. Just like a bright light is attractive. We want to go towards the bright light, right? Same way. Now, as your energy awakens, those that are intuitive and receptive will begin to respond. Um, children, very receptive, very intuitive. They almost operate solely on energy solely on intuition right animals as well energetic there's some experiences where people go out in nature and wild animals approach them because they are attracted to this energy they're attracted to the the vibrational frequency that's being radiated can be pretty interesting um you also said here you know people who need unconditional love and attention yeah because maybe that's what you're radiating maybe that's what you're offering that's what the light that you're offering is now, it's important here, especially if you're early on, and I I don't know if this is the case for you, Rachel, but just in general statement, just speaking to all of those out there that are you know experiencing any type of this wonderful phenomena, like you know children being attracted to you, animals being attracted to you, people being attracted to you. Sometimes people go on this, you know, they go out in the mall and people come up and say, I don't I don't know why, but I have to come and meet you. What's your name? Who are you? Because the energy is just so so attractive at times not always but at times it can be like that for people out there that are you know having these experiences it's important just to recognize this doesn't mean you're like the second coming of jesus christ it doesn't mean you're like a god or like people need to bow down to you um it's important that we temper all of this with humility people come to us let them come don't mention anything about spirituality just be with them as human beings don't say to them, oh you know you were attracted to me because I had a Kundalini awakening. no just just be cool, just be cool. Humility is very important um, because uh, you know if, if we get arrogant about some of the, some of the gifts and interesting things that are happening to us, we might fall on our face. Um, so keep that in mind also don't become attached to any of this stuff. you know don't become attached. It may, there may come a point where you know animals uh, don't uh, aren't drawn to you anymore. And that's okay. Some of this, we have to just let it come and go as it does. It's out of our hands. We are in a state of surrender. Okay. Dancing on the light. Welcome, welcome. Dancing on the light says, Animals have been more drawn to me lately. They aren't as scared. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They aren't as scared. Yeah, the energy speaks volumes here. I think it's Abraham Hicks, actually. Abraham Hicks. Uh, they have the teachings to do with Law of Attraction. Incredibly powerful teachings. Um, I don't want to speak about Kundalini, but uh, if you wanna change your life, listen to Abraham X, transform your life on every level. Um, they say, when you raise your vibration, the first to respond is nature. The first to respond. So say you're trying to like get in a happy mood to maybe attract a romantic partner. That might take a, like a week, a month, whatever. But instantly, if you're in an attractive, energetic, open-hearted vibration, instantly nature will will respond to you Um, because there's so little resistance around nature. There's no egos there and all all nature operates on is energy and vibration and frequency. So, of course, nature's the first to respond. Rachel says, how to silence the outside negative noise. So there's, uh, I mean, I don't want to go all um, wise guy on you, but there's, uh, I think it's a Buddhist saying. You know, if you're walking down a path and there's a lot of and you're, and and you're barefoot, and there's a lot of rocks on the path, and it hurts your feet, you can try and clear every rock on the path so that you can walk comfortably, or you can put on shoes. And just walk negativity is always going to be there out in the world you can put on shoes and you can start to you know recognize you know if somebody's negative they're coming from a place of pain whether they know it or not and we can have a little bit of compassion for them this is why they're negative they're acting out their pain And we come to understand that type of empathy and compassion by recognizing it within ourselves right you know the reason we're maybe in a bad mood or we're you know we have unhealthy patterns and things because there's something from our past we're holding on to you know so if we can recognize this about the negativity in the world it comes a little bit more easy to manage and digest and from that place it gets a little bit easier to take some space from it and um we can also establish boundaries as well where say you've got negative complaining friends and they're always complaining and talking to you about negative things and you don't really have the energy, you can establish boundaries. You know, you don't have to always answer the phone when they call. If uh, they're dominating the conversation, you can interrupt them and say, hey, you know, um, I've got some things I'd like to share with you as well. And if they don't listen, well, you can take note of that and maybe end the conversation or, you know, maybe next time you don't spend so much time with them, etc., etc. You know, you'll have to figure it out as, go, as you go boundaries are difficult difficult especially for us on the spiritual path with open hearts you know rachel you're you're describing you have an open heart you could say and animals are being attracted to you children are being attracted to you your heart's open you want them you want to be there for people you want to be there for people that are hurting and negative but uh they can be difficult uh to deal with sometimes be draining especially as we go through spiritual awakening process which is so intense and, and demanding so uh that's a little bit about the negativity and the noise been a great session. Great session. Like I've been saying throughout uh, the call here while I wait for people to type their questions, you know, will be doing some more lives, I'll be giving a bit more notice about them. Eventually, we'll get uh, some zoom uh, meetings going build a bit of uh, community and get some conversation going. If you haven't checked it out, I've got a whole YouTube channel. We're at 50 50- Episodes in the Kundalini Awakening series. I want to thank everybody for your support, engagement, tuning in, sharing it, your questions, your feedback, all your likes and subscribes, and all that stuff. It really means so much. Uh, you know, from episode one, I never would have imagined that this would ever grow to 50 episodes. But uh, you know, this this work has a life of its own. I'm just an employee. Fulfilling my duties here, nothing else, just an employee. And I don't uh, see it uh, coming to an end anytime soon. So hopefully we'll get to uh, more and more episodes. Got some more interviews coming. The latest uh, upcoming interview is with Dr. Yvonne Quezon. She's uh, pretty incredible. She's the author of uh, this book here, Touched by the Light. And a few others. Great stuff. So we'll be chatting on the podcast about her NDEs, about her Kundalini Awakening and Spiritual Awakening and Mystical Experiences. I've been uh, plugging the course as well. You got the course coming out soon. Some interesting things. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate your attention, your engagement, your questions, your conversation. It means so much. And we'll be in touch. Until next time, much love and peace.